0: That 215 of the Unify Endurance podcast. Here we are. 214, I thought it was. You introed 214 on the weekend Did at I? Rack Half, if you
1: remember. No, it's definitely 215. Last week was 214, the new triathlon race in Dubai. Did you enjoy? With Tom Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy Rack Half? I got cut out of that. Uh, rack Half was good fun, actually. I really enjoyed it. I liked the fact it was like running two separate races. Because we pretty much, we ran two separate races, but also the weather changed mid-race. Did it? It went from normal to misty and cold. Uh, I thought it started misty and cold. No, it started like just normal and humid. Mm.
0: Goldfish brain. You were ahead of me. Maybe, that's what it was. Um, But you weren't really racing at the start.
1: No, we were pacing some clients. You were pacing Tarek Jabby and I was pacing Mary in the sense that we were just having... She had a long marathon run to do and instead of running on the beach track on her own, she decided that she would run it at the race. And oh. so we did some running before the race and then she used the race as a 21K. Ended up with about 29K total. So it was good fun. Good That's fun. Great run, yeah. Halfway through, I decided... We would split part ways and we'd run... It was your idea, actually, to run a hard 10k effort. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Halfway through the effort, I was like, I don't really remember why I'm doing this. For Xterra. Fair, Fair enough. It was good. It actually felt nicer running the second half hard, but it was, it was tough to get up to pace. Ah, you're nervous, system, mate. We went from 5.30s to 3.50s. Solid. So 350 for Xterra for the final 10. What do you mean final 10?
0: The the run is 10.
1: (laughs) Final (laughs) 10 of the race. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think it was a good way. I was thinking to myself, do my legs feel like I've just ridden for 90 minutes? mm. Not really. It's very um, different, isn't it? It's a different feeling. It was a good uh, cardiovascular stress. Yeah. 45-ish minutes of cruising along, giving Tarek a tour of Marjan Island. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, uh, lesser amount, 37 minutes something. 37. Giving it absolute gas to myself.
1: I was fit- it was
0: weird at 1k out, I turned around from the finish line.
1: Yes, this is where uh, I ran past you. And I thought, Christ, he's got himself back up there really quick. What's, like, how far ahead of me was he? And I was all a bit, bit depressed and bit sad. Confused. And you shouted something as I ran past. And I thought about that for 500 meters before the end trying to figure out what you chatted at me
0: yeah well you did 11k then yes i I used the
1: last 10k of the race right so i could finish at the
0: finish uh no i i left at 10 and finished at 10 did a u-banger twice and then finished with Tarek, who gassed me in the last 200 meters so technically beat me
1: (laughs) it's a good picture actually
0: (laughs) what were you doing were you on the phone well i realized when i was running back against the traffic to find him Mm -hmm. that he had a phone in his pocket
1: he had a phone in his pocket? Yeah. The I was carrying time. his sunglasses.
0: So I was like, give me your phone. Because uh, I don't know why you're running with a phone in your pocket. Like, absolute weirdo. So
1: um, I took his phone and then uh, let him <laughs> let him spread his wings. So you had his phone. I had his sunglasses. He was running with these ridiculous Salt base I think they're actually Roka. But Salt Bay style <laughs> sunglasses. Yeah. That had no grip. So they just fall off his head. Yeah. Fall off his shirt. Fall yeah. off his face. And it was misty. And it was misty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I took them and uh, sat on them all the drive home, realised that I'd still got them in my pocket when I uh, arrived home. Next. Sorry, Tarek. What did you think of the course changes? I liked the course. I didn't like the atmosphere. Oh, no. No. You're part of the atmosphere. You're not happy with yourself? I, <laughs> the old course had the race village along the finish line. So it encouraged people to hang around the finish line and cheer and support. The final K, pretty much. The new course, the finish, the race village was about 500 meters away. You had to actually start your Garmin to go and get there. So it was encouraging people to finish and then move away from the from the race, if uh, you like. I see what you mean. So it lost the the finish line vibe, the finish line atmosphere. Yeah, I feel. I see what you mean. But I did. I really liked the route. Keeping it all enclosed on the island was cool. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as tight as I thought it would be. No, I thought it would be a bit ankle rolly but not at all no it's very nice it was, good. It was lots of people about it was busy what did you think actually here is a question so the way they started it there was a second loop so you loop back on yourself around 15k yeah so we actually had some of the pros running through the masses as they were on their second lap yeah mind you it would have been i guess the back end of the pros As a pro, I would have not liked it. You would not like that. Yeah.
0: As an amateur, it's quite cool
1: having the pros
0: run past you. But yeah, it's. I think uh, when I was getting lapped, it was the female. And they still had a decent amount of room. They basically went on one side of the road. So I thought, oh, yeah, they keep the amateurs on the right side and then the pros on the left-hand side. But then obviously you have to cross over – to the finish yeah. through the right hand side and the amateurs are getting to the U-turn over the left so there is a crossover point and that's where I think it probably was a bit maybe not dangerous but annoying because of course you don't look behind you when you're running to cross no. in a race you just, run. you just run but for the amateurs who were like running at pretty quick speeds change of direction for someone who's not looked is, yeah but yeah. The, obviously the the fastest blokes wouldn't have had any issue
1: Things I noticed on course, it were not a lot of straight sections, and lots of people for the long sweeping bends are running on the outside arc. So giving themselves more running to do than running this on the inside, That's where we need which is the racing line. F1 mentality. I told running. Tarek this actually, yeah. and he said he was running because he was <laughs> somebody who was on the inside line was annoying him, so he wanted to get across the road <laughs> as far away <laughs> from them as possible. It's probably me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I also think race organizers, you can put water in ice.
1: Yes. It was hot. Yeah, it was the water. Yeah. There was one water station that was cool near the start line when you looped back round on the uh, 15, but that was the only one. Okay. The rest were warm.
0: Yeah. Anyway. There we go. That's why we don't organize races. That is why
1: we don't. <laughs> we just attend.
0: Backseat drivers. Are you excited about this weekend? Um, Not yet, but... oh. There will come a time on maybe Friday, where uh, were you driving
1: up, or were we'll you checking your bike, or I don't know. I'll let you know. Let you know. Well, actually, you hadn't signed up the race to the race. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> <to the rest laughs> <of> t- <laughs> you were
0: getting all these emails, and I was like, where, where, "Where are these emails going?" Turns out, you have to enter races if you want to race them.
1: Luckily, you got entered. Today was the closing day, but you signed up yesterday. Yeah, so I'm now in on the start line. We will be heading to a man for the X Terror race. Highly anticipated. We'll see if we get in. That's the first the first issue is trying to get into the country. The border. If we do that, we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Plan B is ditch cars at the border, cycle. Or no, get a taxi or a bus. Yes. Plan C is cycle across the border. Yes. Plan D is swim around the border with our bicycles on our backs.
0: Plan D no. Plan D is do it, Kudra. Uh, I need to match too much hassle. Interesting, mate, to know your race plan. My race
1: plan is a threshold swim. (laughs) Standard. Standard. No, uh, a strong tempo swim. I'm not looking at pace, but I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to work hard. Come out, spend the first... (laughs) Look for the first 20 minutes on the bike to settle my heart rate a little bit, but know that it's going to be nope. pretty full on. Nope. And then whatever I've got left in the run, <laughs> empty myself. It is not a lot of elevation. None. So it's, it's fast. It's not that technical. So it's fast. <laughs> <laughs> I always say from the start though, the goal was to, Try and hang on to you guys on the swim and not get too dropped on the bike. Are you wearing your
0: Aero helmet?
1: I will wear my Aero helmet. <laughs> I have a tri-suit. I will vastly, I will trim my leg hair. I'll take any gain I can get.
0: Remember, it's drafting a louder. Eh? It is drafting
1: a PSI for the tyres? High, low, mid? Uh, yeah. Now...
0: There is a calculator you can use online. I'd say regarding, yeah, if we take into account your body weight, probably 20-ish on the rear and a little bit less, maybe 18 on the front. There we go. It's pretty hard stones there. Mm. A couple of pebble, pebble beaches. So you don't want to be too low or you'll um, crack a rim, which apparently I managed to do in Oman a few weeks ago. Um, and if you're too high, you'll just be bouncing around the place and you'll drop your dates in your chain and it'll be a nightmare.
1: <laughs> I've got a brand new chain. Brand new chain, yeah. alien colour. Um, second question I was going to ask you on Mountain Bike Admin, lock the rear suspension or let it free? The So I was chatting to, I can't remember
0: what it's called now, the caveman, Conrad Stolls when I was in uh, Italy in September, and he basically says, unless you're riding on the road, your suspension should be unlocked. Okay. So he's like, the lockout suspension is for your transition areas where you're moving from section to section on some road, mm-hmm. especially on like uphill or whatever. So if you're riding on flat and mixed terrain, then unlock it halfway. If you're riding downhill or uphill, unlock completely. It keeps you in greater contact with the floor. So then your, your traction is actually improved. Whereas if you're locked out, you would bounce more on uneven terrain and therefore you would lose traction and your handling and traction is
1: compromised. Compromised. Okay. And then the run what's the percentage of tarmac to gravel?
0: Yeah, I've been trying to remember. Uh, so trail so you, shoes, carbon yeah. shoes.
1: The first, I think, 2K
0: is road. And then you go off off the road for maybe another 2 or 3Ks. But it's like hard-packed stones. And then you're back on to the road. And then you do another loop of that. So I actually think it's about 50-50. Okay. You definitely want some form of carbon under your feet. But it's downhill as well out of the transition. So you smoke your legs in like the first 1 or 2Ks then the off-road section's pretty flat and there's no uphill until you come, I oh know you don't even come back up to the transition. So yeah, it's not, you just got to put yourself straight up to threshold and then hold it. Okay. And you're fueling? Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning actually. Uh, I can't remember how long the bike took. I need to have a look. But probably, I don't know, two gels on the bike and a caffeine gel, start the run. That's about it.
1: There we go. Excellent. We'll review how that all went next week. See you there. (laughs) Your guest, mate. Good. Guest today is Hannah. She used to live in Dubai. She is an Inner Fight Endurance member. She's a runner. She runs marathons. She never used to run marathons, but she now lives in London where she works as a lawyer. And we talk about her journey, how she started running, why she's running and what her plans are for the future and basically how running has changed her life
0: very excited to here hear we, this one here we go
1: right okay. hannah welcome <laughs> to the show <laughs> tell us a bit about yourself who are you what do you do why are you here to talk about running <laughs>
2: <laughs> um wait do i am i looking at you or am I looking at the camera looking you just at look you? at me it's
1: okay <laughs> Pull the microphone a little bit closer to you, just underneath your mouth. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's it.
2: Dimitri, we're good. I'm ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joe Rogan never has this trouble. It is recording. Come on. Okay.
2: Um, (laughs) Hey, thank you for having me on the podcast. This is awesome. Um, So my name is Hannah. I am Palestinian, Um, born and raised between London and Kuwait. Um, And I am, work-wise, I'm a lawyer in London, um, but I work brought me to Dubai in twenty what year were it? Twenty twenty I moved across to Dubai um with work and I was here on a six month stint. Um and that's where my life changed. <laughs> that that's where my life changed. That's when me and running became best friends. Um never thought I'd say this and I probably wouldn't have said this a few years ago. Um but I've always had a love-hate relationship with running. I could run. I knew I could run. But it was never something I would do just to... Go. I would never just go out for a run. Yeah. So for me, my background was always basketball, sports. I grew up playing a lot of different sports. Um, so I always had health and fitness in my life, but it was never let me run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yeah. <laughs>
1: you ended up I still remember the first time I met you very very vividly and you came with a chaperone came with your sister and I just got a we we know a guy called red from the well his nickname is red and he's based in London and he uh he works or owns I should say f45s and he said I'm gonna send this uh, this girl Hannah to meet you she's very excitable and she wants to she has a good project in mind and she wants to run a marathon I was like okay fantastic and then you rock up through the door. And I just remember playing like, oh, my God, I've got my work cut out for me here. You, you, <laughs> you kind of alluded to it there. You said you, you had a love-hate relationship with running. You could run, but you didn't really run. I think I remember the first time we sat down, we had a chat. You said the furthest you'd ever run, I think it was 5K. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Frequently, the furthest I do is a 5K. Yeah. I did rock up to a half marathon. That's because my sisters had made me sign up. And I'll probably get into this. My sisters are a big part of my running journey. Um, but I'd signed up to a half marathon. It was the worst thing I'd done because I kind of <laughs> just rocked up at the start line and then I couldn't walk for a few weeks after. So I guess longest distance I'd done was a half marathon, but it was like a one-off kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, longest distance that I'd just go out to the park, go for a run, would be a 5K.
1: And your ba- basketball was your main thing. I think you may have turned up in like, a really oversized t-shirt, baggy shorts, a really old pair of Converse. Yeah. It was like meeting the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
2: That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put a basketball player on track. <laughs> I come in my basketball gear.
1: And you wanted to run a marathon. Let's get into that then. So you'd, why the marathon? Give us a bit of background on why, why that started and why that was the, the project that we were working towards.
2: So a bit of a backstory. Um, I've got three sisters Two older and one younger, so I'm number three out of four. Um, I, I guess my sisters are all pretty active, all very sporty, um, and my two older sisters, they they were very into running. Um, one of my sisters, Noor, she was our marathon runner, I would say, so she's the one that... Ma- our marathon she runner. She was our marathon runner. She's the <laughs> so one. you
1: didn't have to.
2: She No, she did it for us, and she was the one that kind of brought the marathon world into the household Mm. um so despite us being quite sporty quite active we never really thought of running marathons i guess or my sister's never thought about it she got this opportunity to run the new york marathon in 2018 yeah um and that's where her running journey started and she loved it she was obsessed she'd be running and my sisters as they do they just go out and i remember they used to go out on their sunday long runs so family time is very 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 important for us for us in the household and weekends we're always just together. So they'd go out on their Sunday long run. They'd go out for hours. Like, where are my sisters? They've been out for <laughs> ages. <laughs> <They are running>. <laughs> <laughs> this is our weekend. You know what I mean? So it's always always that going on in the house. So Nood, my sister, ran the New York Marathon. And her dream, her vision was always to run the six world majors. Yes. And I'd always told her, You run any marathon in the world that you want, and I you know, we will follow you around the world. We'll travel, but I always said, I don't know why anyone runs a marathon. Like, why would you <laughs> put your body through that? I just I just don't get it. Um, anyway, she ran the New York Marathon. She did awesome. She loved it. Four months later, four or five months later, she was running the London Marathon. Mm. So London Marathon uh, 2019. Um, and again, she did amazing. So she did that with my eldest sister as well. So they ran that marathon together and it was amazing. And again, I still had the same mindset. I was like, Take care of yourselves, guys. <laughs> I didn't know much. I didn't. I didn't know much about it. Didn't know much about the whole like the whole running scene. But they did it, and she did amazing. Um, and her goal was to do all six world majors.
1: All it's, six. So that that being Tokyo, Boston, London, Berlin, Chicago, and New York.
2: York. Yeah. yeah. So she had done two within the space of four months, um, and next on her list was Chicago. Chicago, twenty nineteen, um, and. I remember it it was May 2019 and we got a message in our WhatsApp sister's chat and she was like, guys, I'm entering the ballot for Chicago. Um, Who wants to join? That was literally her message. And in my head, I was like, oh my God, another marathon. Where are we going this time? (laughs) (laughs) And me and my sisters were like, yeah, do it. Go for it. Um, And she kind of talked us into it. And me and my two older sisters, my younger sister does not really into the sports and the running but again she's our creative our photographer our support system so she's part of it it. we can't do it without her we can't do it without her everybody
1: needs a photographer yeah we
2: literally can't do it without her so me and my two older sisters were like okay let's enter the ballot and in my head i was like i've actually entered the london ballot um Three, four times previously, and I n- never gone. I was like, "See, it's not meant to be." I'm not meant to. Be.
1: You went, you <laughs> went not, for a safe bet.
2: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, "You know what, no, I'll um I'll enter the ballot, sure. I, I doubt I'll get it, but Chicago, sure, I'll try." Um, few months later, I get an email saying, "Dear Hannah, congratulations, you have been selected <laughs> for Chicago 2019." Um, and I get this email. I was like, "Oh wow, okay," but it was quite far away, and I wasn't really thinking about it. Um. And me and one had actually got spots through the ballot.
1: So it would have been May. That would have been like five o- months. That was October. Yeah, yeah. five months before. October right? October twenty
2: nineteen. Mm. Um, and then we had life changing event in J- July twenty nineteen. She was di- yeah, don't cry. <laughs> she was diagnosed with the, with a very rare type of cancer, um, and so her journey began. Um, and I guess it changed everything. Um, so she was diagnosed in July, and she was still planning to do all six World Majors. Um, and there was a goal. Thankfully for us, I I don't know if many people would say this. COVID happened at the same year, um, and so everything was put on pause, and the marathon was cancelled for covid related reasons and all of that sort so we had the chance to defer the entry of chicago marathon um so we kept deferring it and they said the latest you could defer it to is october 2023 um so every year we'd get an email saying do you want to confirm your entry for this race and we weren't ready she was on treatment and and all of that stuff and then in august 2022 um we get an email and i was like no we have to reply to chicago do you want to do in october 2023 she's like yeah let's do it like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do all six. We're like, great. Um, So in August 2020, yeah, we confirmed that entry. We said, let's do it. And in my head, I was like, well, now I have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) There's no backing out now. Um, And then a month later, we sadly lost her. Um, And my life changed. Our life changed. Um, So October 2023, Chicago Marathon was the goal. So me and my sister, my elder sister, we um, we're like, "Are we doing this? Are we doing it? Let Let's do it. Let's do all six world majors." And that's how my running journey started.
1: And that's how you ended up at that's, our door saying, "I want to run all I'm six like, majors."
2: Rob, I've got a marathon in October, and I don't know what to do.
1: <laughs> 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 so, so then, almost then, the same sort of time frame. You were sitting in Dubai at the start of May saying, I need to start running in five months. I'm going to be running Chicago and I'm doing it for my sister. Um, and I remember saying, "What? what is the goal? Like? And obviously the goal is to run for your sister and to celebrate everything that she wanted to do. But what is the overall, is there a time goal? Is there anything? You just went, no, just it's going to be finishing and I'm going to finish it and I'm going to smile. That's it. It's like, this is brilliant. This is, you were so driven and so passionate and so ready to commit the next five months were incredible. Absolutely incredible. I think you hadn't run I think you told me something like three months before, yeah. <laughs> maybe more. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's like how how do we start? What yeah. do you need me to do? And it was that was it. It was just a, a great journey for the next five months. Do you remember when you started running, how you felt any feelings that came up? Was it emotional? Or was it, were you really, really driven just with the end goal in mind? How did you break that up?
2: Um, so the end goal was always the end goal. And it was kind of crazy in May thinking I'm working towards something in October. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a long way away. But actually, it wasn't a long way away. Um, and it honestly, no exaggeration, it changed my life. Like walking through the doors here through in a fight and... Funny story, I obviously I had heard about you guys and I knew and I was following you guys on Instagram and social media and I had been in Dubai two months before I joined and I was just a little nervous, a little apprehensive, I was like, am I ready, should I do it, should I not do it? Um, and honestly, it changed my life um, entirely, my routine had changed, everything had changed. When I first started um, running... I was feeling good. I was a little like, oh, am I meant to be this slow? Am I meant to? Like, how, <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I didn't know how to feel. And yeah. I remember after every run, I was like, okay, that feels good. And there's something about running the love part of it that I always had in my love-hate relationship. It's the feeling afterwards. Yes. It, it's the finish. It's a feeling that you get when you're done. You look at your watch. You're like, I feel great. Why, why was I dreading this? Or why did I not want to do this? And for me, that was a big part of how I would get up and get out for my runs because I knew I would feel great after, um, mentally, physically, everything.
1: You say it, it changed your life. What was life like before then? You started that that journey towards the marathon.
2: In terms of, like, I I don't know. It, it's given me a sense of, it's given me a huge sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, it's given me a sense of, it's changed so bit of again a bit of a backstory so i remember when rob you and i we sat down the first meeting um and you were like okay so give me a bit about your like routine what's your normal like day-to-day routine (laughs) and i remember i remember this and you're like so yes tell me like how when do you start your day how do you start your day and i was like yeah so i wake up around seven i go and i remember you burst out laughing you're like <laughs> I was like oh I thought that was early <laughs> um, and then only then did I realize and being here and being part of the community how there's a there's a whole life before you actually start your day job and it's incredible <laughs> it's amazing it's the you know like the 4 or 5am wake ups so and going out getting ready it's still dark outside like it's, it's amazing it's changed my perspective it's changed um, I thrive off Community and group sports, which is why I love basketball so much. Mm-hmm. But being a part of the Inner Fight community was just amazing, and it was just what I wanted because it's running. I'm still solo. I'm still doing it as an individual. But no matter which session I was doing, I never felt on my own. Never felt on my own. Even when I was doing super long runs on my own, or I was traveling and I had to get my run in, I. Always felt connected. I don't know. Maybe it could be training peaks. Maybe it could be the (laughs) communication that we had. Maybe it could. But I never felt my own. I always felt a sense of community, a sense of togetherness, and it was amazing.
1: You, you said you started off and you went, "Am I too slow?" I remember we had a conversation once after track, and you went, "I was the last person in every set, in everywhere. I was definitely the slowest, but nobody noticed." I was, I was thinking in my head, people definitely noticed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> first of all you turned up five minutes late we we won't talk about that but you, again you just didn't care you approached it in such a, a healthy way i think and now whether that's because again because of the process of why you're doing it or you're you were really driven and it was okay i know i'm going to do this no matter what happens so i'm going to enjoy every as much of it as as i can so every session you turn up with a smile whether you were last, whether you were late, <laughs> whether you finished the session or not, whether you knew how to work a watch or not. It was, it's probably, yeah, it was such a fantastic beginner's mindset to running. Um, Were you struggling through that time or was it really, were you enjoying it that much?
2: I, I mean, the, of course there were some sessions when it was really tough and I yeah. would like doubt and again like thinking am I doing this right am I going to be ready it was a lot of will I be ready am I going to be like mentally physically emotionally ready to run the marathon and and it was tough Mm. it was really tough there were days when I don't know I'd go out an easy 60 minute run I wouldn't hit the distance that I wanted to hit and I know it's meant to be just go out and run and run on field and how how you feel but yeah there there were very tough times but again when I was on the track, for example, I just tend to be in the present. And I think that's what I mean by it changed my life. Like, just I'm here. I'm here now. Enjoy it. Enjoy the feeling. Enjoy the group. Enjoy the vibe. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. And it's, it's, it's what I love. It's, Feed it's off other I,
1: people's energy. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I and I think that's that was always my biggest um, challenge with running is I always felt that I couldn't get that from just going out on my own um but now I do and now if I don't start my day with my run if I don't get my run (laughs) in I'm in the office and I'm like didn't get my run (laughs) and it's it's a mindset shift and it's amazing and it's honestly one of the the best um changes i made in my life
1: as you started running going back to what you said there you'd look at that easy run and you do Sixty minutes. You'd have a, a distance that you wanted to achieve in your mind. To give some context into your first weeks as you started running. In a week, in that first week, we started you running. We started on the Monday and we went all the way through to the Sunday, and we did I think three or four runs. Your total distance for oh, that oh week.
2: My gosh, <laughs> I don't want to know.
1: Do you want to guess?
2: For the whole week. For the
1: whole week of running in week one. Ten. It's a bit more. Fifteen k. Week two was 19, week three was 20, week four was 24, and week five was 26. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look as a beginner runner and you, you're looking at those distances and you think, holy shit, in a week I've only done 15 or 20K. I've got to do double that in one go. What's it like? Um, do you not think about it? Because it's very different. Do you think about it? I don't know.
2: I think in very early stages, mm-hmm. um, when I first started May, June, July, I'd say, I'd say mid-July, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, it's soon. <laughs> but May, June, I just wasn't thinking, I think because my mindset was so, I'm so new to this, I'm still trying to get into the swing of things. Like yeah. It was all so new. It's like when you do anything new for the first time. Um, and like I said, I, I'd all, I would I'd go out for a run once every few weeks, once, but I would never lace up and just go out for a run Mm -hmm. so for me having a run schedule a run routine or my whole day to revolve around running it was very new to me so I was enjoying that and I was enjoying how I felt after and I was enjoying you know the whole lifestyle shift yeah um I think it was until it got to July mid-July when the knee pain started kicking in and you know um and I was like oh my gosh how am I gonna do a marathon (laughs) you know yeah it's crazy um but it's also a part of I I always tried to disconnect those thoughts. Um because I always knew if there's a will, there's a way. And on the difficult days, on the tough days, <laughs> I remember like We'll probably get into this later, but the four-hour treadmill run, like, there.
1: I got this in my notes.
2: <laughs> you, you don't have time to sit there and stress. I was like, I need to do it. Like, I there's no backing out. Like, I, like, I mean, <laughs> ho- hopefully, like, there was nothing that will stop me from doing this race. Mm-hmm. So on the difficult days, I was like, this is the purpose, and this is what's going to get me through to the finish line.
1: So we had five months to get you ready for Chicago. Uh, five months and six days, to be precise. You, you've you said already you're a lawyer, you'd moved to Dubai, you're on a, like a six-month work placement, and it was it was hectic, right? You were starting fairly early, well, not so early that you could not get up at seven, but you're starting <laughs> early and finishing late. You had some holidays booked, you were in Sri Lanka, you went to Egypt, you went to Bahrain, and... Um, you, but then you still had, and you still managed consistently in the later stages, seven, eight, nine, ten, even eleven-hour training weeks. How do you juggle work, life, uh, holidays, boyfriends? The guy that you just walked in with—he's <laughs> actually not your boyfriend. I thought no. he may be your boyfriend. No, it was just a nice guy who was opening just the door. Just the
2: guy, open the door. He wanted a coffee. <laughs>
1: You arrived on your own. It's fine.
2: <laughs> Rob's thinking is out of proportion. <laughs> I,
1: very awkward. I shook his hand. I thought he was your boyfriend. He's not. And then he left. Anyway, how do you manage all of the, all of this is. in one hit? How do you do it?
2: Um, I think, let me put it this way. I think if I didn't have that, mm. I would struggle. Okay. So I think I'm the type of person who, if I'm not doing a million things, I'd be like, okay, what am I doing? So for me, that... That's where I get my energy from knowing I, okay, I have to run and then I have to go back and get ready for work and then go to the office and do something after work. I love, I love that. It's how I get energy. It's just, it's what I thrive off, you know, like it, it's great. Um, so I kind of like split the day up and I think again, it's just, it was being very in the present. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so this is what my morning's going to look like. I'm going to get up, get ready for the run, go for the run. Get back and also not think too far ahead because okay. then it gets really overwhelming. Yeah. When you're waking up at five, getting ready to be at track at 5.50. Yeah,
1: right. 6.05 for you.
2: <laughs> when you getting ready, I can't think of what's going to happen in 12 hours' time after. <laughs> I'm like, I can't think of that one step at a time. Um, and that, that's kind of what helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of planning and a lot of um, organization, I guess.
1: You. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I was just thinking about you arriving late all the time. just saying that it wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's, you were late more times than you were on time. But
2: I always <laughs> made it to the warm up. Though it was, so you always made
1: it to like, the warm up yeah. on the second lap. Yeah. But it was always a good excuse, or what you deemed a good excuse was that you were watching basketball. Yes. It was always a game. Yeah. You're like it was game seven. Like, I have no idea yeah. what that means. <laughs> but you're happy, on you go. Um. <laughs> Your, before you had those seven, eight, nine, ten 10-hour training weeks, what were you filling your time with?
2: Um, that's a really good question. Um, a it's, lot of family time. Yeah. Um, so, again, before I moved here in London, I would, again, it was sort of, I, I would gym. So I'd go to the gym quite a bit. i have PT sessions. Again, that would be, like, morning, but nothing as early as the start here. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have a PT session, go to the office, and after work, I would either be playing basketball or spending time with family. Um, and for me, like I've said, family is, is huge. It's everything. So spending time with my sister, spending time with my parents, going out. Like it wasn't It wasn't as busy as it had changed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I still try and maintain that. Um, but I think it's just a different focus yeah. and a different set of priorities and different goals. Um, and I think this whole running journey has... Showed me the importance of having a goal. I think before the marathon, I never had like a goal or a race or, I mean, I definitely did, but from like a fitness perspective, I didn't think, okay, I'm doing this in this, you know, in this amount of time. So I think having that running goal um, was a game changer for me.
1: I guess your goal before running, you said you played a lot of basketball and things. Your goal was always revolving around team sports. Yeah and the team exactly and then you almost then change your focus because your goal becomes a lot more selfish because then it's about you and your race and your event and how you need to perform and you need to train
2: yeah
1: but then you're still part of a community that all share the common goal that everybody wants to get better so you kind of get sucked along with that yeah so it's like a solo like you said a solo sport but the community vibe yeah brings it
2: Yes. alive yes. almost and that's exactly what i was looking for yeah and i remember i was speaking to my sisters and i was like i want to find a running club but not just like there are tons of running clubs like there are so many i was like i want to find a running club but something that i will just vibe with and yeah. enjoy and enjoy the vibe and i can be me and be with like people that I'll genuinely really enjoy the company um and it's what I found. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I, I've told you this so many times, but seriously, training with you and being coached by you, it ch- it changed my life. And even moving back to London, I was like, but I still want to be a part of Interfight. <laughs> I, you know, like, I, I, I still want to do it. Um, and it's amazing because it gives you, like, a worldwide sense of community. It's it's awesome.
1: Running in London. <laughs> I, I've run in London a few times. I've bummed into these midnight runners that run around London with ghetto blasters on their back in their thousands as fast as they can. What's it like running in a capital city versus running here? What are the changes and the challenges?
2: Um, well, winter is a lot harder <laughs> over there. Um, the morning runs <laughs> means everything's delayed because yeah. then you'll be running in pitch black and it doesn't get um, light until quite later. So that, that was tough. Um, I mean, running in London, you've got... Parks around, you've got different routes you can take. I mean, I say that, but I always go on the same route every <laughs> single day. And you'll probably see this on my training things that I'm going around the same loop <laughs> of the same park. We all do every- it, don't
1: worry. We all do it. <laughs> there's just-
2: so many places I could go. But having said that, um, I find myself stuck in human traffic a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, also, it, it's not easy when you're running. Oh, there's a pedestrian line. Oh, you need to stop. You, need, you know, you've got to weave through people. Um, whereas here... I'd always run either on track, yeah um by the canal um by kite Beach, and it was just go out and run yeah, and okay. where I would run here, everyone's running, Yes, it's amazing, and everyone's you know doing the same same track and same loop, and yeah, it's, it was awesome
1: you're saying that London running in London, people seem to prefer, or people in the u k certainly seem to prefer to run in the afternoon and the evenings, yeah. and you don't get many morning groups or morning sessions, yeah. It's hard to find.
2: Yeah, it is hard to find. Everyone's um I guess a lot more of like after work run clubs. Yeah. In London. After work runs. Um but again I, I can't see myself doing that now. After work. I'm like, I can't run now. It has to be in the morning. Yeah, and this is what I yeah. This is what I mean by a life change. Like now I'm get up, go for a run and then okay, I'm ready to start my day. Amazing. Um and it's great also to have sisters around me who share the same goal. So obviously my elder sister is also we're on this well, we're all on this journey, but she's um, always gets up and goes for her run. And it's really nice to have, okay, when are you running? Or what route are you going today? And where, you know, where are you going? And what have you <laughs> yeah, can I come with you? No, 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 I don't want to hold you up. You go ahead you know <laughs> so it's nice to constantly have that um, support at home. Um, it's amazing. And I remember in the lead up to the marathon, um, <laughs> we had a very long sunday run i think it was one of the 35 kilometer runs or Mm -hmm. and i was like to my sister i just don't know where to go where shall i run in london that's gonna give me 35 kilometers she goes follow me i'll 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 (laughs) i'll lead you this sunday i was like great so i'm so grateful to have i didn't have to think of anything i was literally just following her and because she's a lot faster than me so she would like run and then run back and you know and, then, yeah, and, then then and yeah we'll go back and so she may have been doing loops but I was enjoying the route. I was like this is great. Thanks for bringing me to you know like just <laughs> enjoying it. And that's uh yeah that's special. Uh, that's really special.
1: You had what you you talked about it already but I remember one I was actually I was running with Rob Foster and we were talking about it was on a Monday morning and I was going <laughs> through training peaks. I was looking through what runs people have done the weekend and you had a three by ten K, a sort of marathon rid of perceived effort. So I wanted to do you to run a block of ten K at marathon effort, have a little rest, take on some fuel, do it again. Rest, take on fuel, do it again. I don't know why, but you did it on a treadmill. <laughs> it might have been one of, it was like a storm, maybe? Was that what was happening? Was it no, a storm? Where were you?
2: It, I was here. You were here? I in, was Dubai. here. Okay. I was here in Dubai. Okay. Yes.
1: That was it then. And it took you four hours. And 13 minutes on a treadmill. And we were sitting and looking at this going, my God, she is mentally tough. I, 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 I'm actually worried that she will run through anything that might break her. Why did you pick a treadmill? How do you navigate a four hour, 13 minute treadmill run when people hit the treadmill and only generally do like an hour? Um, we call it the death belt for a reason. It's like uh so yeah, monotonous.
2: It's it's tough. It was tough. But again, I how I had broken it down. Well, I had to get the run in. The run had to be done it one it way did. or another. True. It had to be done. Um, I didn't get up early enough and I, it was what was it, July, August? Yeah. It was peak summertime here and I being very open and honest, I couldn't run in the heat. <laughs> it was, it's, it's hot. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do this run, then it's going to be on the treadmill. Um, so I go down to the gym and I start running. And honestly, I did not think of time. I thought about it however it was on my training peaks. It was those blocks of 10K. Yeah. Um, so I would take one 10K at a time. And that, that's how I broke it up. And that's how... And, and I honestly, I didn't even know how long I was on there for. It was only until later on and I noticed... Okay, hey, the gym was empty and then it got really busy and then it got empty and I look around and I'm like, <laughs> How long have I been on this treadmill for? <laughs> and people are like, She's yeah, still uh yeah. I was like, wait, where did everyone go? And then I look at my watch, I'm like, Wow, it's been four hours. She's still there. <laughs> um, and then you just kind of have to just not think of time and just do it. So for me, for that run specifically, it was the blocks of ten K. And I had to do what I had to do to get through it. And if that meant calling up family in London, I was like, guys, please keep me company. Yes, Can you did. just act as a podcast? Talk to me. And they did that for the second block of 10K. Yeah.
1: yeah. I remember you saying this. It's okay. I was like, what did you do? I like, well, I called my sister. I made a chat. And we had a catch up. I made a catch-up. When? So, During the second 10K. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Got it.
2: Yeah. I I called. So, I was, I don't know, listening to music. I I forget the the details, but I think during the second 10K, it was starting to get really tough and I was quite tired. Um, And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to call family. So I literally call up family. I was like, guys, I'm on a 10K, please, can you keep me company? Um, And they were just talking to me and as if I was listening to a podcast. It was amazing. (laughs) Before you knew, I was like, oh, guys, I'm done. (laughs) One more 10K to go. Um, Yeah, and and it really helped. It was...
1: (laughs) (laughs) data tracking when you're when you're training for a marathon like lots of lots of people like to get really really nitty-gritty they like to track all their metrics like to keep a notebook you had i think one of the best pictures i think i've received of somebody summarizing their entire block of training talk to us about that what do you do why did you decide to do that
2: The, the the whole the sheets the sheets the sheets um so i how i just manage my day-to-day i love to-do lists lists i I love a list okay i love ticking off lists um and i it needs to be down like on paper Mm -hmm. so phones are great and notes are great and don't get me wrong a lot of things are stored digitally but when i have something i really want to physically tick off i'm going to have it in paper form in front of me so i decided okay well i'm going to put my whole um marathon journey on these four pieces of A4 paper. Yeah. It was like those like magic whiteboards, like sticky papers that you that you can put anywhere. And, oh, it was amazing because you could put it <laughs> anywhere. So anytime I would travel, I would take that sheet with me. Actually, and I remember I was in Sri Lanka and I had that sheet with me. It came with me to Sri Lanka and I managed to take off my runs and brought it back with me. And it was amazing. And I think when I first started I didn't really know what it would look like at the end. Because mm-hmm. I had one row and that was week one. I was like, okay, well let's see where this goes. Um and it, it was amazing and actually I've done the same for next goal the next goal for the next goal
1: you should get it framed
2: yeah I've still got it it's with my race bib you definitely get it framed <laughs> it's with my race bib I think it would look um,
1: very cool you yeah so you had these four sheets of A4 paper and they were split into weeks and they had Monday through to Sunday and you'd write whether it was like strength or tempo and then a little bit of detail and then I had a big green tick. Or there were a few sessions that you missed, but not many, to be fair, that had a little red X across them. You had rest days. You had everything written in. And it was just, yeah, it was very, very cool to see at the end because you could just see the whole five months in one go. Yeah. It was it's very, very cool. I've never seen anyone do it like that before. Really? Never. So we get to October, five months down the line, Chicago wrist day. And the goal is to go and beat your sister. <laughs>
2: The goal, we lost each other at the start line. Lost each other at the start line. We that. lost each other at
1: the start line. Terrible, Yeah. terrible.
2: <laughs> we lost each other at the start line. Um, she, um, yeah, I, the goal was not to raise my sister. The goal was to, like we said, finish strong. Yeah. Um, and so I'd, I'd been at f- a few start lines before, whether it was like a random 10K or, you know. So I, I had that start line feeling. Mm-hmm. And I had experienced it before, but there is nothing in the world that was like the Chicago Marathon start line.
1: Can you describe it?
2: Um, emotional, mm-hmm. I think more than anything. Um, and it's kind of like you've been studying for the a huge exam and it's exam day. <laughs> That's what it felt like. So I remember we were at the start line. <laughs> we were running late. Of course. Every uh, race pack info booklet brochure every website said do not take a car <laughs> do not take a car. car do not take a car to the start line we got in a cab and we weren't moving we're like this is not <laughs> we need to get out this cab how and many thousand
1: car. 20 30 40,000 people
2: maybe yeah if yeah. not more mm. um so yeah we we were al- almost late but no we made it on time but no we, we get to the start line and it's it's the craziest feeling ever I think because this marathon had such a big emotional um, weight, mm-hmm. um, it meant so much. And, I'm, and I know everyone who goes to a start line has a purpose. Everyone has a story. Yeah. And I think that's what's incredible because you're at, you're at a start line and you're next to random people and you just don't know what everyone's story, you don't know what everyone's why is. And I think being at the start line and thinking what my why was, and I was like, a few years ago I would have been like, why would I do it? That's the craziest thing ever. Whereas now I was like, twenty-six point two miles, let's go. <laughs> that was literally the words that I said to myself. I was like, let's go. I'm there's nothing else I could have prepped for, nothing else I could have thought of. I was like, I just gotta run. Just keep running was my motto. Um, I was like, let's let's do it.
1: Amazing. The the whole family were there as well, weren't they? You had I think I said, Have you got a support crew or something? You went <laughs> Oh, yes. We have, I think, 33 people or something.
2: There was a huge group (laughs) of us, and they're all um, family. So, like I said, this is probably the third time I mention it, but family is like everything. Mm -hmm. Um, We are very blessed, very grateful to have a lot of first cousins, and a lot of them live in the U.S., split between the U.S. and, and London, and a few in the Middle East, but a lot of my cousins are in the U.S., and again, because this marathon was for... Noor from for our sister. Um it was it was the most amazing thing ever. And there was a big crew a very big crew of us. We all had these matching hoodies at the finish line. And actually this hoodie, um this is an outline of Noor's New York marathon photo. And then um it says always find the strength in togetherness. Lots of love, Nord. It was actually something she used to say. Um so this marathon it was special. It, it was very special. So we had a support crew, and without them, I probably wouldn't have gotten to the finish line. Um, I remember the day before, a huge group of us were sitting there, we're mapping out where are we going to see you guys, which mile, which kilometer, are we going to split up, are we going to stay together, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was amazing, and then everything kind of leaves your mind, and in my head, I'm like, okay, so kilometer four, kilometer twelve... And kilometer that's when i'm going to see the family, and yeah. even though it was for literally less than five seconds, it gave you the buzz to get you through the next ten or so kilometers to get you through the next stretch and like until you see them again yeah um and it was amazing it was it was the best thing ever
1: oh, incredible. is there any sort of key moments of that race that jump out of you where it's just like yes i I'm, I'm in a flow i'm this is why I'm here I'm. it doesn't hurt, everything's working it's brilliant That's why i'm i'm running
2: yes for sure um i think i had that i'd say up until the half marathon mark i was feeling great like loving every minute taking it all in and because i didn't have a specific time in mind Mm. i did but i didn't really i did but i didn't really so i kind of just wanted to go out and enjoy it so i did exactly that i went out Enjoyed it. I was reading signs, you know, taking it all in, <laughs> fueling when I had to fuel, um, and I'd say the first up until the half marathon mark, I was feeling really good. And then I think after you crossed the half marathon mark, I think something is like, uh, now I got to do that again. <laughs> and I think that's where that's for me. That's where I was like, okay, so let's go. So now you know, let's get to the end. Um, that's where the work
1: starts. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: I think after the after. For me personally, I crossed the half marathon. I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's get to the end. And that's where you you dig deep.
1: Five hours, 15 minutes, 57 seconds. Chicago Marathon done. Finish line feelings?
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Can you even describe them?
2: No, because I think at that point it was... You can't feel anything. <laughs> I couldn't feel my knees. I couldn't. You just can't stop. And I think towards the end of the marathon, um, I had a lot of knee pain. And people around you start walking. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, should I, I stop? Shall I slow down? You just can't do it. Yeah. You, you just got to keep going. And in my head, I saw the 800 meters left. And I was like, wow. I never thought I would be here feeling as I'm feeling Um, And I think at that point, it was, I can't even explain how it felt. I literally can't explain. It was so many thoughts, so many, like, I can't believe this is a Chicago Marathon. can't believe we're coming to the end. Um, Thinking of my sister and, again, the why. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? Um, And it was just the most incredible finish line feeling. And you cross the finish line and you're like,
1: Uh oh, (laughs)
2: <laughs> what's happening <laughs> you want to celebrate with someone but yeah. y- y- you can't Can you <laughs> I think I'd like high five the security guard and I'm like we're done <laughs> um but it was just incredible it's amazing
1: and then the weeks I mean people always remember or talk about the race itself but not many people talk about the weeks and the days after the marathon and I remember speaking to you about it and you were fortunate that you were then back with the family spending a lot of time together so lots of reflection time and because you shared the journey not just on your own but with your with your sister who ran it as well so you had like the shared story of that race what was it like then in the weeks after when you left the usa you went back to london and it's sort of it's coming into winter do you get a bit sad do you get what, what, no? Yeah, I, it?
2: I was like lost. Yeah. I was really, because for five months, that was my every day. That was the goal and that was the every day. And that was the reason that my, my whole day was around the run. Yeah. Or oh, what is the run? What am I doing? So that kind of came to an end and family time had come to an end. And like you said, we were back in London and it's winter and, you know, it, it's a funny time of year as it is. Um, and I remember like, what, what what do I do now?
1: How do you manage it?
2: Um, I was, I remember thinking, what do I want to do? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, (coughs) well, I need to get going again because I can't, (laughs) I can't just, it's tough to kind of just, just sit there and I needed something. Yeah. I needed something to get me going. Um, and that's where the thought of the next race comes in.
1: Here we go. We didn't rush it though. You took, I'd say a good two months, two and a half months, wasn't it? To decide what do i want to do next how do i want it to look and then you sent me a message and said i I think i'm ready i know what i want to do so we jumped on a call and then you told me that you wanted to do
2: berlin marathon
1: berlin marathon
2: 2024
1: so berlin 2024 so you're gonna now work towards completing the six majors as well that your sister started right yeah amazing
2: that's, that's the goal.
1: That's the goal. So Berlin 2024. When is that? I know September. when it
2: is. but <laughs> September. September. September 2024. Excellent. We'll be in Berlin, if all being well.
1: And what's then, I know you don't think about it yet, but then what's, if you thought about what you'd like to do after Berlin, the order?
2: Well, it's just a bit of a debate in the household oh, right now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so my older sister wants to do New York. Right. Um... In November 2024. Mm-hmm. So it, <laughs> she's trying to convince me, um, and I, <laughs> and everyone at home was like, "Are you sure you wanted two marathons in two months?" And um, so we're having a discussion. But I think we're ninety percent of the way there. And this might be the first that she hears of this because the last time we spoke about it, I was like, "No, I'm not doing it." <laughs> but, I,
1: I think this might I think, be the big reveal that I think this- <laughs> it's gonna happen, right?
2: see watch the space
1: berlin and nyc 2024 then you'll have have you'll have three of the six done
2: three of the six
1: and then complete tokyo boston and london in
2: 2025 <laughs> easy <laughs> just, as as that. just as simple as that amazing
1: if i know your your journey is your journey and other people's journey will be their own but have you got any advice for people that want to start running how they can start running how they can attack their first marathon how they can set a goal that is as I guess emotionally tied as yours to their to their journey in their life how how can they get started with all of this
2: um believe in yourself and don't be afraid to take the first step and I think that that held me back by two months. I would say quite confidently. Yeah. I should have started probably in March, but hindsight is a beautiful thing. Um, believe in yourself and don't be afraid, um, and and go for it. And and so something I I live by um, is when it, whenever I'm doing something, I like to do it with my whole heart. So I like to be a hundred percent in it. And if I'm not, then that means. Something doesn't feel right. Um, so it's a lot of faith and belief. And do it and do it with your whole heart.
1: Amazing. What a perfect way to stop and end the show. Hannah, thank you very, very much.
2: Thank you. Thanks See for you having at me.
1: Rack half ma- See you ha- at ra- 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 rack. <laughs> rack Half Marathon
2: See you at rack.
1: on Saturday. <laughs>